Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You are now tuning to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we do is you can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. Pop up at a rock spot, and I'm right away, go. We invading airwaves. Cool. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome to the show. Once again, it is your man DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. And tell a friend to tell a friend that we're live right now. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. Spread the message because we're live on the airwaves and we're also live on Facebook right now. So if you are on my Facebook Facebook list, even if you're not, go to my Facebook page, which is Daniel Mante, the government name. It's okay, it's all good, you know. My my paper's illegal. Um, go to the go to my page, my Facebook page, and just watch the video. Watch me go live for the next hour or so. And we are going to discuss a bevy of topics, man. We got to talk about this travel ban that's happening right now in America. We got to talk about LeBron James giving Charles Barkley that long awaited clap back. We have so much to cover today. But before we get into the thick of things, man, you already know how I do with this uh, segment of the show right here to open things up. I have some stuff to get off of my chest. So with that being said, it is time to let that itch breathe. Oh, you did not that one. There we go. Let this bitch breathe. Yes, yes. Definitely trying to air some things out, man. So, big things are happening this weekend, man. But biggest thing that's happening by far and, you know, by and large is, of course, the Super Bowl. Now, the Super Bowl is probably the biggest sporting event in America. I don't think anyone can dispute that. Mainly because of the fact that you're bringing in a large amount of fans into the broadcast. You're going to have hundreds of thousands of people attending the actual event itself. But then you're actually going to have, well, not hundreds of thousands, but close to that. Maybe at least 50 or 60,000 roughly. But then you're going to have millions upon millions of people watching, watching it domestically and even across the world as well. So that's a huge deal. And the NFL has been raking in a large amount of money for the past Oh, God knows how many years, man, ever since they made it a commercial thing. So there are a bevy of reasons as to why people watch it. For the football fans, they watch it for the football because they've been watching for the entire season from September up until February to see who's going to be the next champion of the NFL. And then you have your, and then you have your general sports fans who just love all sports, basically, who want to watch to see who's going to win, of course, and they love it for the spirit of the competition. Then you have your casual fans, like your casual sports fans, who may tune into football every now and again, but they watch for the big game. And then you just have your casual fans in general who don't really follow it as much. They're more there just for the pageantry of it. So the halftime show, the uh, the 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 big commercials that come out for the big movies or for the for the uh, celebrity cameo appearances in a certain ad for a certain company. So a lot of people have their reasons as to why they watch it. Now, with that being said, there are people who kind of bump heads, so to speak. So the passionate football fan will bump heads with the casual person because they don't know anything about the sport or who's playing or the players involved or anything of the sort. Because they just want to watch it, you know, just for, I guess, the social aspect of it. And to them, I say, 
you know, I understand where you're coming from because Lord knows when it comes to me and the Toronto Raptors or just the NBA in general, if, you know, someone's not really into it or they just sound very ignorant about what they're saying about said team, then that's going to set me off. You know what I mean? But I, I would say to them, try not to tangle with those people, basically. You already know why you're there. Mingle with the people who are there for the same reason as you are. And I would say that to the casual person as well. I mean, I can speak from a personal experience, not with the Super Bowl, but I remember last year when I was watching the Raptors play against the Cavaliers in the conference finals, me being the basketball fan that I am, I know my stats, I know the players, et cetera, et cetera. And then this person, I'm not going to say any names, but this person was just complaining about, how, why we don't have any big-name superstars and that the Cavaliers have the big-name superstars. They have the LeBron James and they have Kyrie Irving. She even points it to Kevin Love as that big white guy. He's probably good as well. <laughs> but basically, I was letting her know that at the end of the day, you have to appreciate the stars that you have because if it weren't for them, then they wouldn't be in the position that they're in right now. And I was speaking in regards to Kyle Lowry and DeMar DeRozan, somebody that she was clearly not familiar with. She was, she had no idea that they were two-time All-Stars. She had no idea that DeMar DeRozan was top 10 in the league in scoring. She had no idea that Kyle Lowry was a, one of the better two-way players in the league. You see where I'm going with this. So sometimes you just can't mingle with those types of people because they know not of what they speak. You know, they're just going to see LeBron James as someone who is more commercially viable and be like, oh, how come we can't have them? Da, 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 da. Trust me, there are at least 20 other teams that wish they had a LeBron James-esque player on their squad. But that's not how the dice rolls at the end of the day. So without trying to you know, explain the entire, the entire structure of how an NBA draft works, I refrained from doing so and I just stuck to the game. And I was talking to the people who knew exactly what I knew as well. Because at the end of the day, they're casual fans. They don't know any better. They're going to say some stuff that sounds a bit reckless. And you just want to, you know, you want to tell them to vamoose. But you can't because you're in a large party of 10 or 11 people. You're all eating dinner together. And you don't want to piss somebody off because that friend is connected to that friend, et cetera, et cetera, so on and so forth. Anyways, I digress. You guys know what I'm trying to say. But to all my NFL fans out there, and there's a lot of you guys out there, who do you guys think is going to win the Super Bowl? Is it going to be the Falcons or is it going to be the Pats? Now, I've been watching sports for for a while. I follow up with the storylines, even if I don't watch the actual games themselves. And it's very well documented that the New England Patriots are the NFL's latest dynasty, quite possibly the greatest dynasty in NFL history, depending on who you debated upon with. Now, with all that said, because they've had multiple Super Bowl appearances within the last 10 to 12 years, it would be foolish of me to go against the grain and say that the Pats won't win. Um, I think they will win, to be honest. Now, mind you, I haven't been really following the NFL this year. So if somebody were to give me reasons as to why Atlanta has a chance of winning, then please feel free to comment on the live video below or hit me up on Twitter and give me your thoughts because I'm kind of out of the loop right now when it comes to the NFL. But... For me to bet against the New England Patriots would be like me betting against LeBron James' team, whether it be the Heat or the Cavs, to, to go into the NBA Finals. You know what I mean? Because for six years in a row now, LeBron James has been making it to the NBA Finals. And quite possibly, this may be his seventh year in a row going into the NBA Finals. So it would be foolish of me to bet against that like it would be foolish of anyone else to bet against the Pats winning the Super Bowl because that seems to be the trend over the last few years now. 
Um, but again, to any Atlanta Hawks or sorry, Atlanta Falcons fans, um, please feel free to give me a shout as to why you believe that the that the Falcons will be winning. I keep saying the Hawks. I'm in, I'm in NBA mode right now. I apologize for that. They're both birds of prey. What can I say? Uh, but what I want to see, though, um, in particular, is not only the Pats win, but when they do win, I want to see Roger Goodell award Tom Brady that that uh, Super Bowl trophy, mainly because of the fact that if we remember to, what was it, a year ago, two years ago, when Tom Brady uh, was penalized for the whole deflate gate situation, and basically he appealed that. I kind of want to see a little bit of poetic justice take place. I want to see the look on Roger Goodell's face when he asked to bite his lip and hoist and give that trophy to Tom Brady to hoist up in the air if they do win the Super Bowl. Because Roger Goodell is one of the most despicable owners in all of sports, man. Let, let's let's keep it one hundred. I mean, this guy will wipe his hands clean of any blood that may get on get onto his skin if there is a, a scandal or a controversy of any sort. I mean, the biggest one had to be the Ray Rice situation where he knocked out his girlfriend in the elevator and dragged out her near-lifeless body. And he did nothing about it until the videotape leaked and everyone saw it for their own eyes. And then that's when he decided to take um, action. And that was months after the incident happened. So... I kind of want to see what's coming to him in that regard, in that case. Mind you, I have no horse in this race, basically. Um, I almost wanted, I wanted to see Seattle win it two years ago just because I like how outspoken Richard Sherman is. Other than when he said, you know, all lives matter and, and we should be respectful of ourselves in regards to black-on-black relations. That, that kind of pissed me off. But nonetheless, um, I kind of want to see the Seahawks win. I want to see Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch get his ring before he retires, et cetera, et cetera. But with all that being said, who do you guys think is going to win the Super Bowl? Are you guys excited for the Super Bowl? What type of events are you guys going to be going to? Are you guys going to a bar, get some wings? Are you going over to your friend's house to watch the game, surround sound speakers in the house and everything? Are you guys going to make a little bit of a party out of it? Whatever you guys, whatever you guys do, have fun with it. Drink responsibly, of course. Um, and hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio if you have any cool ideas that you want to pass on through. If you want to give me your predictions, hit me up on the Facebook Live video happening right now and give me your predictions as well, and I'll and I'll get back to them. But nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, we got some things to get to, man. Uh, after the commercial break, we are going to get into this whole travel ban thing that was instituted by one Donald J. Trump. So before we get to that, we got to play some music, man. And, of course, as far as the music goes, for people watching the Facebook Live video, you guys will not be able to listen to it through the video. If you want to listen to the music, hit us up at MaximumFM.ca to listen to it on the live frequency. This one joint right here comes from my man Dave East, and this one is called Type, only on Cool Radio. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Welcome back to the show, people. Once again, it is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Um, shout out to all the people who are watching on the Facebook Live video. I know it's kind of weird throughout the three or four minutes through the awkward silence of the commercial break, but nonetheless, you have to understand Facebook has copyright issue laws that we have to abide by, unfortunately. But nonetheless, thank you for tuning in. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in on the live frequency at MaximumFM.ca, most definitely. And I want to say happy Black History Month. Power to the people. Um, what I want to do for this month, like I've been doing in past years, um, I'm going to be playing 
some old school records for the Flashback Friday track of the day each week. So I'm talking about old school records from like the 70s and what have you. So records that you hear today, the samples in which they got those records from, we're going to be playing those. So make sure you keep it locked up for, uh, for that. And also, if you have any suggestions as to which tunes you want to hear from 1970s or the 60s, then let me know. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio, and I will make that happen for you most definitely. Now, time to get into a topic that has been sweeping mainstream media for the past week now, man. We got to get into this travel ban issue that was instituted by Donald Trump. So this is, this, this is a big deal, to say the least, because... A lot of people are being affected by this worldwide, all right? So in case if you guys have been not tuned into the news or social media or anything in the general, then here's a skinny on what's happening. So a select few countries have been, uh, have been pinpointed by Donald Trump's administration uh, to be denied visas, basically, travel visas or denied passage into America in general, basically. So there's nine select countries that have a majority Muslim population that he has said, no, you cannot enter the United States of America. So some of those countries include Somalia, Iran, Iraq, and Syria. Those are just a few of them. There's about four of nine of them, and they are majority Muslim. And he has said, no, you cannot gain access into America. So when that happened, people lost their minds, and rightfully so. There are people protesting outside multiple airports throughout the United States of America, uh, just outrage, protesting their disdain for this new this new travel ban, um, and with this new travel ban, it has been instituted or it will be instituted for the next ninety days, so three months roughly. Now, there are even people of Muslim faith who did vote for Trump, who are devastated by this. Ironically enough, and you know, I don't I don't want to I don't want to shame them or anything like that, but voting for Trump. What the hell did you expect? Like, this guy already said he's going to build a wall to keep Mexicans out of the United States of America. He bashed women. He bashed all minorities. He's basically, he's basically the, uh, the poster boy for white male patriarchy. So what did you think was going to happen? You know, I'm sure there are probably some people of color who are probably thinking, oh, well, we're not like them. You know, we're, we're more the more upstanding citizens of society. We're not all rambunctious like, like these guys. So it almost kind of sounds as if you're almost trying to coon out just to show, you know, Mr. Trump that, hey, you know, we're the standouts, basically. But now look what happened. It backfired on you. Now you guys won't be able to see any of your family or friends who wanted to come in. And then you have to ask yourself, what about the people who have dual citizenship from United States to, let's say, Iraq, for example? Are they not allowed passage? What's happening over here? And then a lot of people are pointing out the fact that there are certain countries that have majority Muslim population that Trump, you know, neglected to, you know, place this travel ban upon, like Egypt, for example. He has a lot of business connections with Egypt. So, of course, he didn't put the travel ban on them. Um, Saudi Arabia, I'm not sure if he has if Saudi Arabia is part of that ban. I don't think it is. If I am, please correct me on that. But if not, then, of course, that's another uh, Muslim-majority country that he has business with, basically. So he did all this with a purpose in mind. So that doesn't surprise me. At the end of the day, he's a businessman. He's an opportunist. He is a capitalist in every sense of the word. So this does not surprise me. But it does disappoint me, obviously. Um, So my thing is this. 
with this new travel ban in place, this gives strength to his fear-mongering tactics. So he's basically saying that Muslims are the reason why we have terrorist attacks all over the globe and that every Muslim has some sort of affiliation or association with ISIS. What people neglect to understand, and when I mean people, I'm talking about the fear mongers out there, the people who know nothing of religion or the people who want to cast a cloud and marginalize people because of their ethnic or religious backgrounds. What they don't realize is that ISIS is just a group of extremists, basically. They are a vocal minority who speak on their own actions. They don't they don't encompass the majority or the entirety of all Muslims. It's just them. They are the wrongdoers. They have Muslims who live an everyday normal life, who go to work every day, who go to the gym every day, have nothing to do with ISIS. This is like claiming that because there's gangbanging happening, you know, in like Compton or whatever, that I'm a part of it because it's mostly black people. You know what I mean? So this just goes to the marginalization that a lot of Americans want to put on people of color because that is the best way that they feel that they can categorize this person from that person. Like it almost it makes me laugh sometimes when when someone will say, "Hey, well, at least you're not like this person. You're different. You have a different opinion than that person." Well, of course, I'm a human being. So because we share the same skin pigment, we're supposed to think the exact same? No. That's stupid. We have our own individual minds. We're not going to worship the same people just because we're of the same skin color. And you never hear white people marginalizing themselves because at the end of the day, they have that privilege in which they don't have to go through that. Now, again, that's not to diss white people or anything like that, but I'm just pointing out the fact that they that all white people do have a privilege that they may be aware of or may not be aware of. Some of the people who are aware of it are arrogant about it. Some of the people who are aware of it, they use that to their advantage to educate the rest of the masses, the rest of the the rest of other white people to say, hey, we have a privilege. Let's use it to the benefit of others. You know what I mean? So going back to um, all, all of this, basically, I don't think people took Trump seriously in this election. Like when he kept on saying, I'm going to build a wall, I'm going to build a wall, I'm going to make Muslims wear a badge to signify that they are, in fact, Muslim. I don't think people took him seriously. And now that he's president, it hasn't even been 100 days yet, and he's already instituting these crazy laws. I mean, we already have the abortion law uh, being passed in Cleveland, or, or the state of Ohio, rather, saying that you can't get an abortion um, after two weeks of finding out that you're pregnant, which is the amount of time that, people, that women normally find out that they're pregnant. So how can you get an abortion within that time frame, you know? That, that's just in Ohio. So imagine what, how that's going to take place in the rest of America. Um, the the uh, Dakota Pipeline situation hasn't been resolved. And then now you have this travel ban. And then apparently this guy said he's going to get the feds to go into Chicago and sweep Chicago of all its gang activity. We don't know what that means. But if I have any idea of what that means based on all the actions that, he's taking pla- that has taken place right now under his regime, I won't be surprised if Trump gets some sort of SWAT team and issues out some sort of firing order on any and all gang members. He might do that. He might be that crazy that he is going to do some sort of ethnic cleanse of the city of Chicago. And anyone who lives in Chicago, whether you're a gangbanger or not, you'll be damned if that happens. Because if that does happen, then Chicago will be Chirac in that regard. It will be a war zone. I won't be surprised if Trump's wants to do that or wants to institute that 
But if he does do that, then there's going to be a lot of blood in his hands. At the end of the day, a situation like this with the whole with the with the with the, with the travel ban, as crazy as this sounds, this might be the type of thing that brings people of all cultures together. The fact that the fact that people are are banned from coming into America, even though they had no wrongdoing on their part, will create some sort of will will create more empathy towards people outside of the Muslim faith, people who can actually relate to that. You know, I'm not of the Muslim faith, but I can relate to the fact that I won't be able to see my family because of some crazy law. You know what I mean? I might have friends who are Muslim who are going through this right now who may not be able to see their friends. If they live in America, for example, they may not be be able to see their friends. So that's something that you really have to, that you really have to gaze your eyes upon. Now, that's the only silver lining I can see in this distraught situation. And luckily for us, you know, the common people, we're not the only ones talking about it. You know, there, there have been plenty of public figures who have spoken out about it, especially when it pertains to athletes and entertainers. Kyle Lowry of the Toronto Raptors basically said in as many words that the entire situation is bullshit and that it's messed up. And it's funny because he... he um, the, the words got bleeped out, basically, and one of the reporters asked him, can you see a much more cleaner version? And he said, no, hell no. Like, that's how I feel. I think it's a messed up situation. So kudos to him for speaking out about it. Um, there was an anchor from Sportsnet who goes by uh, Faisal Kamizo, who is of Muslim faith, who spoke out about it as well during a broadcast of Timison on Sportsnet. So shout out to him for that. Uh, there have been many recording artists who have been speaking out about that, especially within the hip-hop community. So I feel like this has to be an ongoing conversation that we must continue to push and discuss because at the end of the day, there are lives being affected by this. Like, there are people who haven't seen, you know, their relatives or their loved ones for months, maybe even years. But now because of this travel ban, they may not be able to see them for a very long time. Mind you, it's only going to be instituted for 90 months as far as we know, but that ban could be stretched out even further due to developments that are, that are at hand right now. So I hope to God, you know, just for America's sake, that Trump gets impeached. I don't think he will. But this is looking very bad because right now Donald Trump is looking like a complete fascist. He is using propaganda to spread his messages and he's using propaganda to institute laws Laws that are unjust to people of color, and they just have to be the victim of circumstance that a vocal minority within their race or within their religion seems to be the one that is causing all this fear. And really, what Trump should be doing is instituting laws or instituting some sort of action against those groups. He shouldn't marginalize an entire group just because of that one vocal minority. So I really hope that this comes to an end. I'm sure a lot of people are hoping for that. I don't think it will come to an end anytime soon, but I just want all the people who voted for Trump to know that this is what you signed up for. This is exactly what you signed up for, and you're going to get every bit of it. And if it comes to a moment in time where it comes back to bite you in the ass, you have yourself to thank for this because... This isn't how anyone should be living. And, you know, us Canadians, sometimes we, we might crack jokes about America here and there. But at the, end of the, at the end of the day, we do have some empathy for our brothers and sisters south side of the border, basically. And we're not perfect by any means. 
not by any stretch of the imagination. We just had a terrible shooting that happened in Quebec City, maybe what, last week maybe? And there was a terrorist shooting. So we go through our own stuff as well. Stuff like that doesn't happen to us often, but if it does happen, then it happens. You know, like none of us have our hands clean in this entire scenario. But going back to Trump, he is a fascist in every sense of the word. He is no different from Adolf Hitler. This is how World War II basically started. So I fear for America's safety. And because America has so much pull and so much influence over the world, I almost fear for certain countries in the world as well. Now, I remember I did say in a past broadcast that we are not going to be directly affected by Trump's regime in terms of uh, in terms of you know our trade policies, in terms of our of our economy and what have you, like directly, but based on what's happening in America right now, for whatever reason, if he decided to say, "Hey, Canada, listen, this is what's going to happen. If you, either you do this, or we're going to take action," it's a possibility that you know he could alter a course of change for how we live. Basically, what if that travel ban was extended to Canada? Then what? Then what about all the people who want to, you know, pursue jobs in whichever field of their choice in America? Then we won't be able to do that because of that travel ban. So, who knows what's going to happen during his regime? I just hope that somebody comes in and talks some sense into him because the fact that this guy is president of the United States of America, this is a joke. Like you almost want to wake up and say, this is a bad dream. And you, you wish you more than wish for a third term for Obama. I mean, right now, and I might sound like I'm boosting, but I feel like Donald Trump is making George Bush jr. Look like mother Teresa. Like that's how bad it is right now. And we're just within what, how many days has he, has he been president now? Maybe 20 days at most. Oh, man, four years can't come fast enough for the Americans, I tell you. But what do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. Drop a comment under this uh, live Facebook video and let me know what you think. Coming up after the commercial break, man, we got to talk about LeBron, LeBron James giving that clap back to Charles Barkley and a whole lot more. But before we get to that, we got to get to the commercial break, man. And during that commercial break, we got to play some music. Now, of course, if you're watching a Facebook Live video, I cannot play the music. So you will have to tune into MaximumFM.ca to tune into what track we're going to be playing next. And that is Boogeyman from Childish Gambino. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio, and we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. <laughs> Maximum FM Hip Hop. Like us on Facebook. Welcome back once again to the show, people. It is your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. As promised, it is time for Trip Talk. So we're going to break down three topics. Three of the hottest topics happen within hip hop and sports and entertainment. So with that being said, here we go. So the first topic that I have to get into, I know this one's already been discussed throughout the week since Monday, but I don't care. I'm getting into it right now because I've been waiting to sound off on this. So LeBron James has clapped back at one former NBA player, now analyst, Charles Barkley. Now, you're saying to yourselves, in case if you haven't known what's been happening throughout the past week, you're probably asking yourself, clap back. Well, what did Charles say to, the, to LeBron James? The question is, what hasn't he said about LeBron James in the past 14 years? Now, this is what Charles said about LeBron James probably about a week and a half ago. So LeBron James was uh, talking about how his team is too thin in the bench and how they need a playmaker, they need a, a, a suitable pack, backup point guard, they're way too top-heavy, and all this other stuff. And Charles Barkley said, 
in a broadcast of TNT, NBA on TNT, he basically criticized LeBron James and said, you already have guys like Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love, two prolific all-stars. Do you want all the good players to play alongside you? And that was also a shot at him playing in Miami alongside Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh and what have you. So he's like, he's basically saying, oh, do you want all the good players? Like, why don't you compete? You're the best basketball player in the world. I, don't, I just don't understand how a guy that great doesn't want to compete. So he was questioning his, 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 his hunger and his, and his desire to compete on the big stage, basically. And that's when LeBron James said, I've had enough. So this is what he said, and I quote, <clears throat> Screw Charles Barkley. I'm not going to let him disrespect my legacy like that. I'm not the one who threw somebody out through a window. I never spit on a kid. I never had unpaid debt in Las Vegas. I never said I'm not a role model. I never showed up to All-Star Weekend on Sunday because I was in Vegas all weekend partying. All I've done for my entire career is represent the NBA the right way. 14 years, never got in trouble, respected the game, print that. And all I got to say is yes. Thank you, LeBron James. Okay. So, basically, and then, by the way, Charles Barkley responded back saying, Oh, you know, I have nothing personal to say against him. I've always said he was a good player, and I still stand by my statements about he's whiny, da 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 da, da whatever. Now, here's the thing. I feel like a lot of people are getting at LeBron James. Like, a lot of people in the media in particular, they're saying how he went too personal. Here's how I'm going to break it down. I'm going to be as fair as possible, just in all honesty, even though I was doing the whole yes, yes, yes thing, whatever. Now, in defense of LeBron James, here's the thing. Charles Barkley has been overly critical about LeBron James. I mean, he's not the only person who hasn't been cough, cough, skip Bayless. Um, but he's been one of his big, biggest critics throughout his 14-year career in the NBA. Um, especially when he made the move to Miami, basically saying, oh, you're, too, you're just lazy. You want to uh, play along the side of the stars. And how back in my day, we never, played, we never played alongside competition. We wore their competition, et cetera, et cetera, old man talk. Um, so... This statement, I don't think this statement alone is what triggered off LeBron James. I think it, this was just the boiling point, basically. His boiling point was set off. And this is due to the amount of frustration that, he, that has been built upon throughout his entire NBA career with, with Charles Barkley and other people sounding off on him. And he just decided to say, you know what? Screw PC language. Screw being the good Boy Scout. At the end of the day, I'm not just a brand. I'm not just a basketball player. I'm a human being. So I'm going to speak out on it. So in defense of LeBron James, I can understand where he's coming from with that standpoint. Now, going back to Charles Barkley, I can understand where he's coming from in regards to LeBron James sounding off about how we need this and we, we need that. Because it wasn't too long ago when I had um, uh, Dwayne Watson on the show, producer for NBA TV, we were talking about how LeBron James is kind of complaining. I mean, you're already $50 million, $57 million over the spending cap. You've already retained um, Kevin Love. You, you already have Kyrie Irving for the next two or three years, roughly. You re-signed uh, J.R. Smith. You re-signed Tristan Thompson. And you knew going into the season that you guys are going to be well over the cap because of all these things that, you, that you've made, all these changes, all these trades. You traded for Kyle Korver a few weeks ago. So I can understand where Charles Barkley is coming from in the sense where why are you still complaining about wanting to get more players? You know what I mean? So... 
I don't have beef with Charles Barkley in that regard. I think where each person kind of made their misstep is in regards to Charles Barkley, you question LeBron James's level of of competitiveness. And for someone who's been to the finals six years in a row, someone who is basically the pinnacle of every team that they're on, someone who has been an MVP four times in his career, someone who's been a back-to-back MVP two times in their career, someone who has basically exceeded all expectations of them thus far, you can't question their competitive level, especially when they've been in the league since the age of 18. And they've just been head and shoulders above the league, basically. Like, LeBron James has been the face of the NBA for the last 10 years. I don't think anyone's debating that. And no one has taken that stronghold from him since. Not Kobe, not Steph Curry, not Kevin Durant, nobody. He's been the face of the league for the last 10 years. Now, in regards to LeBron James, as much as I love that statement because of the fact that it was at Charles Barkley, and he either did his research or remembered all the stories that you heard as a kid or as a teenager growing up about Charles Barkley, I think his mistake was... Again, going personal, so to speak. Now, mind you, some of the instances that he were that he was talking about were basketball related, like spitting on the kid in, in Philadelphia. That was basketball related because that was during a basketball game. Um, being, I don't think he, he questioned him about being out of shape. Maybe he did that in another quote, uh, but that would be basketball related, of course. Um, partying too too much for All Star Weekend that is semi basketball related. Um, it depends on how you look at it, really. But if someone were to say that you know he took it too personal in comparison to Chuck's uh, response, then so be it. Either way, both people were at fault in some sort of way, but both people were kind of in the right in their own way as well. Because you know Charles Barkley just kind of he kind of does get away with criticizing people in his own brand. Mind you, he is opinionated, he is outspoken, and what have you. But sometimes there isn't that much merit to what he's saying. Not to say that there wasn't any merit to what he was saying in his latest diatribe, minus the competitive part. But at the end of the day, he decided to speak out. LeBron decided to speak out. Now, do they have to be friends after all this is done? Hell no, of course not. He's gonna Chuck is gonna stick to being an analyst, and LeBron James is gonna stick to being the greatest basketball player on earth right now. So, I'm just glad that LeBron said something that was out of the norm because at the end of the day, I just get so tired of not only basketball players but athletes being so PC and being so media trained that that they that they can't speak their real thoughts, you know, criticism or not. Like I I'm glad for once. I mean, not for once, but just for the first time in a very long time that a star player of LeBron's magnitude just spoke from the heart. I would love to have seen that on television, but nonetheless, I'll take what I can get. So good for him for speaking out, being his own man, using his voice, and basically saying, shut up, Charles Barkley. I'm greater than you. My resume is way higher than yours. Mine is a California fire compared to your candle of a resume. This is me. This is what I'm going to say. So kudos to him on that. Um, Charles Barkley, he's going to be Charles Barkley. He's not going to change. His message on LeBron James was correct for the most part, minus the whole competitive part. But other than that, it is Chuck. Chuck's going to do what Chuck's going to do. It is what it is. Um, are we going to see more of it? I kind of doubt it. By the by, the time the week ends, it's probably going to be off to another story. But what do you guys think about it? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know your thoughts. Now, another topic that we got to get to, we got to get to um, 50 Cent. Now, Reason why I want to get to 50 is because word broke out that his uh, bankruptcy uh, case that he 
filed for last year. He has now paid off that debt. $23 million in debt, to be exact, has now been paid off by your boy Fiddy. So basically, here's the lowdown on, on how he paid it off. Because he appealed to a judge that he wanted to institute a five-year plan in order to pay off that bankruptcy. But he got it done in just one year. So basically, he used $9 million of his own money to pay off some of the debt. But then he also used about $13.65 million uh, from a settlement that he received to pay off the, the remainder of the debt. So that's basically how he did it. Now, I remember um, when this case first broke out, a lot of people were clowning him, saying how he's going broke, da-da-da-da-da. And I'm thinking to myself, nah, he's not going broke. This is probably like chapter... Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And then, lo and behold, days after, you know, the case broke out, it was revealed that it was, in fact, Chapter 11 bankruptcy, in which case it doesn't mean you're broke. It just means that you're freezing your assets so that you don't have to spend as much money as you need to on certain things and that you can pay off your debt collectors in a certain time frame. That's mainly what it meant. Because at the end of the day, 50 has gone through a lot of business ventures, and right now his most successful one is his uh, producer deal that he has going on with Stars Network. And the first show of you know his production deal is, in fact, Power, which is one of the most uh, highly talked about shows on television, both from a critical standpoint and from a rating standpoint. So I'm sure he's raking in enough money from that. And also he has a role in that show as well. So he's making plenty of bank off of that. And basically, uh, in regards to that lawsuit that, that took place last year, uh, he's also filing for a $32 million lawsuit against his former lawyers at the Reed Smith Law Firm. Basically, he's suing them because of the fact that he lost that court case uh, that had to do with the sex tape of him and the baby mother of Rick Ross. And basically, he's suing them because of the fact that his uh, law firm at the time had a lack of preparation for him to win that case. So now he's countersuing them for $32 million. So if he wins that case, then there goes another $32 million under his under his. Um, Umbrella, basically. So, good for 50. Good for 50. I'm not going to clown him. I can't clown him. He just paid $23 million in debt. Please believe, if that were, if that were me paying off my student debt, what? Come on. We, we all would be celebrating. So, I can't knock 50 on this. This is actually a good business move on his part. He won the – well, not won the case, but he paid off his debt. He was able to within, you know, less than half the time, in more than 80% of the time, he was able to – he was able to uh, pay off the debt, so good for him. You know, close to him. I have no hate towards him on that end. He may do a lot of stupid things. I post pictures of a, a, a stacked ton of money after it's been paid off, a la Floyd Mayweather, but whatever. He paid off the debt. He's cool. He's good. Whatever. What do you guys think? Again, you already know where to hit me up. Twitter, uh, DM underscore cool, cool underscore radio. Let me know your thoughts. And now for the final topic on Trip Talk, man. We got to talk about my man Nas. Uh, so Nas is in talks with um, with uh, BET for a new series that will be about him. Now the details are kind of scarce, but people are speculating that it it could possibly be a biopic series. So much into the fashion of the new edition three part miniseries that that just aired on BET, it may be in in similar style. So. The details are kind of hazy as of right now, but it could be a biopic film. And if it is, I'm looking forward to it. Now, BET doesn't really have the best track record when it comes to original programming other than the BET Awards, in my opinion. But I would say if they were able to do what they do with the new edition series, which is actually pretty good, um, then 
I hope to God that they do this right. Because many of you guys know Nas is my favorite rapper of all time. Not saying he's the best rapper of all time, but he's my favorite of all time. Uh, the, as to who the best is, that's up for debate. We can leave that for another broadcast. But I'm curious to see if you know if they're going to have somebody play the role of Nas. I want to see who's going to play him. Uh, I'll be very curious to see who's going to be doing that. Um, I'll be very curious to see how it's going to be shot. If it's just going to be a docuseries, like who knows? Like we don't really know right now. But if it is going to be a biopic miniseries, much to the fashion of a new edition, then they have to do this right. Like they just have to do this right. I will be their harshest critic if they do it wrong. That's all I'm saying. But are you guys looking forward to it? Let me know on Twitter once again. Now, as promised, it is time for the Flashback Friday track of the day. And we are going super old school. So as I said earlier in the broadcast – it is Black History Month, and we will be celebrating all the artists from who made their names back in the '60s and the '70s, and all the songs that you heard that you hear right now, or that you've heard in the 2000s or even the '90s, in which the samples were used from. We are more than likely going to pl- going to be playing those records for the Flashback Friday track of the day. Now, based on all the turmoil that's happening right now in the world with America doing this whole travel ban bullshit and you know families not being being able to cross the border because of this you 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 have to ask yourself what's going on and a man in the 1970s asked himself that very same question and turned it into one of the greatest musical masterpieces ever to be listened to and i'm talking about my brother marvin gay and we are going to lean into that track right now so this is marvin gay what's going on if you want to listen to this and you're on the facebook live video right now make sure you go to maximumfm.ca to listen to this live so keep it locked we'll be right back after these messages yeah <laughs> maximum fm hip-hop like us on facebook what up, what up, what up? Once again, people, what is good is your man DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Uh, for all the people watching on the Facebook Live right now, I apologize. We had some technical difficulties during the commercial break. Um, I'm not sure how long the video had been cut out for, uh, but nonetheless, I apologize for that. But we got the video rolling right now, and we're going to wrap things up in the next five minutes or so with your favorite segment, of course. And with that being said, who has been crowned that captain of coonery this week? Who has been crowned or who has been entered into the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for another edition of Wankster of the Week. Now, this week's Wankster of the Week goes to repeat offender Chris Brown. Now, you guys already know what's happening with this stupid boxing match between him and Soldier Boy. And so some more developing details have arisen which is why we're giving Chris Brown the Wankster of the Week, and it's going to be the Wankster on his end. So basically, he went on social media to post a video issuing out verbal threats to Soldier Boy and basically letting him know that he's going to lay a smackdown on him come time whenever their fight is going to go down. So this is what he said, and I quote, When I pull up on you, it's going down. We're going to set this fight up. We went through all that, but Edwards is always going to slick talk. And they know when I'm in the same room, they chest deflate than a mother. Boy, stop putting that superhero costume on before we torture you. So he's issuing out all these verbal threats, of course. And then Soldier Boy, apparently, I didn't even realize this, but apparently he's fired Floyd Mayweather as being a trainer. And now it's going to be uh, Evander Holyfield as his new trainer. You know what? I'm going to keep this short and sweet because this entire situation is, is so stupid. 
these guys need to focus on making music. And in regards to Chris Brown, because I'm giving him the wanks uh, for his comments, I don't know why this guy's talking like he's a blood, like he's a gangster. Dude, you are a recording artist. Your job is to record music. Your job is to perform in front of thousands upon thousands of, of people. Stick to that. Fighting is not for you. As much as you as you want to prove that towards Rihanna back, what, seven, eight years ago, fighting is not for you. You look like 120 pounds when you're soaking wet. Just, it's not for you, bro. Like, I have nothing further to say to this other than Soldier Boy is whack. Chris Brown is whack. The fact that this is even happening is whack. The people, the fact that people are willing to invest their money and time into training a bunch of people who probably look as if they should be on the cover of UNICEF looks whack. And Chris Brown looks like a meth addict right now. I don't know if you guys have seen him lately, but this guy looks like he's been pumping that bass inside his veins. He looks like an extra on the wire right now. Like this guy needs rehab in a bad way so on that note this guy's getting the wanks of the week does he deserve it of course he does i'm dropping on him just like this and on that note people we have to end tonight's broadcast i want to thank you guys for tuning in like you do on a weekly basis next week we may have a guest coming in so i will keep you guys posted on the twitter feed on that and speaking of Twitter, actually, hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio. And also hit us up on SoundCloud at cool underscore radio to listen to the full audio podcast. Uh, hit us up on YouTube to watch uh, YouTube clips as well. Once again, cool underscore radio. Like us on the fan page on Facebook at cool radio CC. And of course, cool radio is a division of cool click media and entertainment reminding you each and every day that we are creating our own legacies. Keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. Cool.